You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Sonic Society, the world's largest running showcase of modern audio drama, here on the Mutual Audio Network. I'm Jack Ward, co-host to the amazing David Ald. Good morning, David. Good morning, Jack and everyone. Uh, Jack, you remember when the Sonic Society was released on Tuesday nights? I remember that well. Oh, yes, I remember that well. I'm thrilled to get up started. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thrilled to get us started at the beginning of the week for Mutual Sunday Showcase podcast and main feed. But this week, we have great nighttime listening, don't oh, we? Oh, that's right, Jack. Yes, today we feature Chapter 1, Restless Nights Part 1 and 2 of Seven Lamb Productions and Paralyzed. This audio drama follows David, another David, not me, I promise. My nights are not restless at all. A chronic sufferer of sleep paralysis on his annual camping trip with friends. What could possibly go wrong? But something evil <laughs> from his dreams awaits. And our two features begin right here. On the Sonic Society. <laughs> Seven Lamb presents Paralyzed. Chapter One Restless Nights. Part One. thinks it's stress over my new job. I 
should skip this camping trip. A small brown moth flew in front of my face. I brushed it aside, spinning it into the ground, gathered itself, and once again took flight, fluttering out of the bathroom. Seth. Jesus, man. Are you still sick? Yeah, kind of. Looks like you need sleep. Seth was a tall, wanky guy. He started out friends with Ethan. Ethan introduced us, and we ended up becoming friends. Yeah, maybe about seven years ago. We're better friends now than Ethan and Seth ever were. Ethan has admitted that being friends with Seth can be tiring, and I admit that he can be a bit much, but I'm able to handle his annoyances. What do you got to drink around this place? Christ! Yeah, I think there's um, some soda in the fridge or something. Oh, I mean like, drink drink? I, th- I thought we were meeting Ethan and his uncle at a bar. We are, Dunnigan's, but bars are expensive. Come on, dude. Seth rummaged through my freezer. He pulled out a large, mostly empty bottle of rum. He poured the remainder of it in a glass and then added some flat coke. So, you want to talk about it? What, the camping trip? No, the job. You've only been running the office for half a year and heater up and fires you. Everybody's speculating, but nobody knows for sure. And you know Heater won't say. I... Can we just not talk about it? Okay. Is that why you're in this funk? Or do you have mono or something? I don't I don't know what it is. I... I just can't sleep. Dude, it's insomnia. You should see a doctor. Seth, shouldn't we just go? Right. Seth gulped down the rest of his drink and dropped the glass into the sink. Let's go. I'm driving. You know, you don't have to be ashamed. Michael didn't make it very long as a supervisor either. I mean, I know you really wanted that position, but I think that... Seth, seriously, man. Fine, sorry. You're so sensitive sometimes, man. I used to work in an accounting agency. For a total of six years. For a total of six months, though, I was a supervisor. Well, that is until closing duties saw me lose $3,600. Ah, Jesus, the books were wrong, but word had spread too fast. I mean, while some money was missing, it, it wasn't nearly that much. Anyway, General Manager Andrew Heater, who never fucking liked me to begin with, Apparently I dated his ex, but I didn't know. I didn't know it was his ex at the time. 
Plus, he felt it necessary to end my time at TNL Incorporated. Heater altered the records. I, I just know it. I just know it. My goal the whole time working at TNL was to become general manager. I had some hopes of maybe helping that company forward, too. Six years down the drain, Heater told me I was lucky he didn't even call the police. So, you excited about this camping trip or what? After being fired, a long draught of sleep, the camping trip was the only thing I could look forward to. Although I was worried about one thing. Hey, is the whole group coming? That's not what you want to know. <laughs> what are you talking about? You want to know if Jen's going to be there. Is she? Yeah. Why wouldn't she be? She's part of the group. <sighs> Great. Derek isn't coming, though. Wait, why not? I don't know. Katie says he was having trouble requesting time off. Camping was a yearly tradition for our group of friends. Every year, seven of us would get together for one week at Ethan's uncle's campground. His uncle Ted would reserve us a cabin where we would party and hang out. It was the slow period between August and October, so I don't think he minded. The sad thing, though, was that this was in all likelihood the last year the seven of us would be getting together. Seth and Katie were getting married, which probably meant they were moving away. And not to mention Cooper was joining the army. Things aren't going to be awkward between you and Jen, right? Jen. Jen was an ex. My last real girlfriend. We were to get married about a year ago, but it just didn't really work out. It was depressing. Of all the girls I dated, she was the one. She was the one I knew the longest. We became friends in middle school and stayed that way until about our first camping trip in 07. In 2011, I asked her out. Jeez, took me long enough. I always thought I would end up with her. That's why I proposed. Then I guess we just slowly grew apart. This past year, I haven't really talked to her, though. No, I... it really wouldn't. Good. And I'm glad her boyfriend isn't coming. He's an asshole. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Look, they're already here. There's Ted's car. Ethan was my best friend. We met during a Boy Scout fundraiser. Found out we both went to the same elementary school. Since then, no one has really been able to replace him. Man, yeah, sure we had our ups and downs, but he was like a brother to me. And being a single child, it was really nice having someone to call my brother. There they are. Ah, what's up, Ethan? How's it hanging, Uncle Ted? Lower than usual. How are you boys? Not too good by the looks of David. Dude, you look horrible. Still no sleep? Still no sleep. Why aren't you sleeping? You got me. Insomnia. Well, that or mono. God, Seth, he doesn't have mono. Are you going to see someone about it? It's really not a big deal, Uncle Ted. I, thank you, though. It's, it's going to pass. He just doesn't want to see a doctor. Ethan was right. I hated going to the doctor's. Setting up an appointment, 
sitting in that waiting room next to all the sick people. Why wouldn't you want to see a doctor? Don't you want to know if there's something that they can do? I don't. I really don't think so. Unless they have a pill that makes the nightmares go away. Nightmares? And sleep paralysis. Tell us that how many times you experience sleep paralysis. Wait, what's sleep paralysis? It's where you wake up, but your body doesn't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's loud, and I'm an old man who can't hear well anymore. Let's grab some drinks and hit the patio. I'm not going to drink. Seth's not drinking. Never thought I'd see the day. I'm living in poverty. I gotta save the money for the camping trip. I got you, Seth. Oh, so Ted's paying. Well, then I'll take a Cigar City. Ted bought us all a drink, and we carried them out onto the back patio that connected the bar to a large parking garage. Ferns hung from the ceiling, evenly spaced between the revolving fans. Okay, so sleep paralysis. I've experienced that once. Wasn't fun. When it first started with David, we looked it up, and apparently a lot of people will see dark figures with, like, long arms in their room. Sometimes they'll feel heavy pressure on their chest, too. Oh, well, I never experienced anything like that. Wait, so you still dream while you're awake? Yeah, pretty much. You know you're awake, but since you are still technically dreaming, you can see things that aren't real. Sometimes I'll try to say something, but... All I can do is mumble. You see dark figures, don't you? Yeah, all the time. Ah, creepy, stop! Well, I don't know much about sleep paralysis, but maybe you have too much going on in your life. Could be stress. Stress is more serious than people believe. Yeah, that's what my mom says. Talking about creepy things, did you hear what happened in a town outside of Terra Lake? Yeah, the, uh, Rutherford. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this right now. I don't want to add to David's nightmares. Thanks for the thoughts, Uncle Ted, but nothing can be worse than what I've already experienced. Ted gave me a sincere look and then took a gulp from his glass. So what happened in Rutherford? Rutherford was the last town he hit before reaching Ted's campground known as Terra Lake. Ted had owned property there for ages. The lake at the campground was man-made and was used to train divers looking to gain their diving certificate. Diving classes were held over the summer. Ted lived in the small town of Rutherford for a few years, but said he couldn't take it anymore. The place was too small, and he missed city life. So now, he just opens up the campground for diving training and leaves the regular camping months for his partner, Barry Wright, who still lives in Rutherford. If you haven't seen the news lately, there was a murder in Rutherford two weeks ago. How have you not heard about this? Some woman killed her entire family, then started walking down the street with a shotgun. She killed three more people walking down the middle of the road, just blasting away. Holy shit! Man, that place always seems so quiet. It's still an eerie place. For such a small town, the people don't mingle, and the place is usually pretty quiet. That's why I moved down here. I miss the city life. That's not even the craziest part. Ethan, do we have to hear the whole story? Of course. <laughs> when the sheriff ended up gunning down the old woman, they found marks all over her body and face. What kind of marks? It looked like she took a heated crucifix and burned it into her entire body. The police later went to her house, and that's where they found her family. Her two children hanging from a ceiling fan, and her husband gutted. Oh, gutted? She had sliced him right down the center with, like, I don't know, a, a large knife. I think the knife got stuck in him, so she left and took the shotgun. <clears throat> Here you go. 
Ted had dropped a single key onto the glass table. It was the key to the cabin. Have fun camping. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know if I want to go camping now. Grow up, Seth. Fuck me. I don't, I don't want to get murdered by an exorcist lady. Okay, that's all. This is like the first murder to happen in Rutherford in over a century. I think we'll be okay. We've been camping at Terra Lake for years now. Remember, guys. Turn off the lights. Lock the door. Make sure you have all your stuff when you leave. Don't leave the faucet running. And if you break anything, just let me know. It was one time, and we fixed that chair. <laughs> you call that fixing. This year has to be epic. It's the last time we'll all be together. God, I can't wait. Oh, and Ethan, don't tell Katie about the exorcist lady. She'll flip out. Oh, the story is going to be brought up again, but I'm waiting until we're camping. Nighttime, when it's about to storm. We all talked a bit more about camping and my sleeping problems, really. Ugh. Oh. Ethan mentioned having a meeting at his place for some last-minute planning that involved the entire group. That would be held tomorrow at 3. job. Money wasn't an issue. I, I had enough of that. I just needed to find something. Probably start job hunting when I get back from this camping trip. I sat on my couch and turned on the TV. Oh, I was tired, but it, I didn't feel like trying to take a nap. Instead, I watched two movies on TCM. Packed one of my bags and cooked dinner. Thank you. 
nine, I caught the last half of In a Lonely Place. Another Bogart picture came on afterwards. I'm not sure what it was, though. But my eyes would just not stay open. I decided to get up and brush my teeth, head to bed. I sat at the edge of the bed as my eyelids fluttered. Once again, that moth appeared. It flew around my head once before landing on the headboard. I reached up and turned off the bedroom light. I awoke. The room was completely black, but my eyes adjusted. Someone's in the house. I went to rise out of bed, but I couldn't. What the hell? Hello? footsteps slowly approaching my room. Make the darkness go away. 
Then that's when I realized this this wasn't real. This was sleep paralysis. Oh, it would all go away soon. It wasn't real. A creak from the other side of the room. My eyes diverted to the corner between the desk and the bureau. There, right there in the darkness stood a tall, shadowy man, his long arms almost reaching the ground. The man let out a low hiss and then a guttural growl. David. Wake up, goddammit! Wake up! Wake up, goddammit! Wake up! The man stood over me, peering down. What the fuck? He had no eyes, no face. empty. My bedroom door closed. Oh, sweat ran down my forehead. Holy fuck. How much longer can I stand this for? My alarm clock read 3.37. I decided to get up. Oh, no more sleep for tonight. TV. It was another Bogart pick. I sat on the couch and let the black and white film soothe me. While the movie played, I thought about the tall shadowy figure. Every so often I would glance about the room, just to make sure. Then the moth appeared. fluttered about until finally landing on the TV. My eyelids were getting heavy, but fuck that. I wasn't about to fall asleep. Not tonight. Paralyzed. Written by Robert M. Lamb. Edited by Jonathan Moss. Starring Jonathan Moss as David, Julia W.D. Harrison as Jen, Jose Caraballo as Ethan, Kyle Appleyard as Seth, Hope Ennis as Katie, Mike Lenhart as Brian, John Lasbeth as Cooper, and Jennifer Loudermilk as Ashley. Co-starring Ricky Lehner, Matt Deacon, Robert M. Lamb. Christopher Postel, Jack Austin, Nick Engelhardt, Ariel Zadok, and Ashley Cartesano. Music and composition by Jonathan Moss. Additional music provided by bensound.com, incompetech.com, and dmixmusic.com. 
don't forget to rate and review Paralyzed on iTunes. This has been a Seven Lamb production. This episode is brought to you by St. X, the psychological drama St. X, which is told via multiple timelines and perspectives, explores and upends the girl-gone-missing genre. It's a show about how a young woman's mysterious death during an idyllic Caribbean vacation creates a traumatic ripple effect that eventually pulls her surviving sister into a dangerous pursuit of the truth. St. X, streaming April 26th on Disney+. Seven Lamb presents Paralyzed. Chapter One Restless Nights. Part Two. This episode is brought to you by St. X, the psychological drama St. X, which is told via multiple timelines and perspectives, explores and upends the girl-gone-missing genre. It's a show about how a young woman's mysterious death during an idyllic Caribbean vacation creates a traumatic ripple effect that eventually pulls her surviving sister into a dangerous pursuit of the truth. St. X, streaming April 26th on Disney+. Mom, relax. I'm fine. I'm... No, I'm... It's fine. I don't think cutting my hours is gonna help. I sat in my parked car outside of Ethan and Brian's apartment. My mom had called right when I pulled up. She wanted to let me know that our family doctor had an opening tomorrow and... I should probably go visit him. I made the mistake of telling her two weeks ago about my continuing nightmares. She wanted to find the culprit behind these restless nights. Although, come on. We all knew it was stress. She told me to cut my hours at work. (laughs) It's because I had yet to tell her about being let go. There was... There was just no reason to bring it up now. I just knew it would make her worry about me. Mom, I have to go. Why? Because I'm at Ethan's. Yeah, and they're waiting for me. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes, I, w- I will, alright? Yeah, I will. Yep, yeah, okay. Talk to you later. Yeah, love you too. There he is, five minutes late and still looking like a vampire. Come on, there's n- there's no way I'm the last one here. You're not. David! It's been a while. It's been a while for everyone, except Seth. 
He's the only one who sees David anymore. I sense a hint of jealousy. While he was joking, Brian was probably right on the money. Ethan would never admit to being jealous, but the fact that we have been drifting slowly apart probably upsets him. It wasn't just him, though. I felt like I've been drifting apart from everyone for over the last few months. The only reason I still saw Seth was because his obnoxious ways had him showing up unannounced at my place quite often. Also, we did used to work together. God, I really hope Seth didn't tell Katie about me being let go. Well, if David would just go to the doctor and find out what the hell is wrong with him, maybe we could spend some time together. That or he could cut down his hours at work. You know, you sound like my mom. Well, suck it up. Be a man and go see someone. Soon. Yeah, right. Heard that one before. The three of us headed into the dining room where Brian's girlfriend Ashley was on the phone and Cooper was digging in the freezer for an ice tray. Cooper was an old friend from high school. Tall, thin, shaggy hair down to his shoulders. Brian, Cooper, and I shared an American history class in ninth grade. Man, we had the easiest teacher, too. We would always finish our work half an hour early, allowing the final 30 minutes of class to be used for discussion of movies, music, girls, life. Cooper was a cool guy, too. He knew a lot of people. The days of him being in a band saw him touring all over Florida. That is, until they broke up. Ashley, on the other hand, was a shy, introverted person. I think I've met her once before. Brian and Ashley only started dating uh, four or five months ago. Brian was head over heels for her, too. Had been ever since he met her. She was nice. But for some reason, me and her could never hold a conversation together. She's one of those people you always needed someone else in the room to have any sort of normal interaction. Hi, David. Hey, Ashley. There he is! Back from the dead. Hey, how are you, Coop? Better than you look. Hey, thanks for that. Hope that new promotion isn't killing you. It is. It's also killing his social life. The five of us sat around the dining table chatting about work and school before Seth and Katie arrived. When Seth knocked on the door, I could feel the tension in the room. Everyone thought that it was Jen. But it wasn't. Not yet, anyway. I was informed through a quick whisper from Ethan that Jen would be coming out tonight. Why wouldn't she? We were all meeting up to discuss the trip. And we were leaving in two days. Friday. But the camping talk was held to a minimum until Jen arrived. Eventually she did. Not long after Seth and Katie. I got it! Seth went and answered the door. 30 seconds later, Jen entered the room. Hey everyone! She took a seat across from me. Our eyes met and she gave me a slight smile. How are you, David? I'm good. And you? I'm good. 
While everyone continued to talk, I could feel their eyes all over us. Jen, you want something to drink? Eat? We have chips. Thanks. No, I'm fine. I just got back from dinner. All right. Well, since everyone's here, I think we should get down to business. Hell, we only have two more days. I blame Seth for the delay. Me? Blame David. At least David has an excuse. He's been working a lot recently. Seth's eyes widened, and I could tell that he just wanted to blurt it out. Explain to everyone how I was fired. But he held back. Surprisingly. Although Katie gave me a quick, suspicious glance. Jesus fucking Seth. You told her, didn't you? Regardless of whose fault it is that this meeting has been delayed, we are all here now. So let's figure this out. Who's driving? What's everyone bringing? Who's getting the food? And most importantly, how much alcohol are we getting? The answer to that last question was easy. A lot. This was the last time all seven of us would ever be together. I was excluding Brian's girlfriend since she wasn't part of our group. So we needed to make sure that the party didn't end until we were driving back home. The meeting lasted two hours, but we got diverted several times by Seth's antics and general conversations. Hey, and what do you know? My nightmares were even brought up. Jen, like everyone else, said I looked horrible. <sighs> Great, because that's always something you want to hear from your ex the first time you meet in person after the breakup. Alright guys, thanks for coming. See you Friday. See ya. Bye guys. After the meeting, Seth and Katie hurried off and Cooper was shortly behind them. Cooper, uh, let me know when you want to go shopping tomorrow. I'll go with you if you go after six. I'll text you. See you guys. After Cooper left, Brian and Ashley headed upstairs. That left Jen, Ethan, and myself at the dining table. Jen talked about school. In January, she would be gone for good, though. All the way out to the West Coast. And even though I haven't seen her since the breakup, I knew I was going to miss her. Hey, good luck out there, Jen. Thanks. I'm nervous. But it's a good nervous? Yeah, but what does that mean for you and Derek? Yeah, there you go, Ethan. Why don't you just bring up her new boyfriend? That's great. He instantly realized his mistake and gave me a quick, sincere glance. He knew what he was getting into when we started dating. I always wanted to move to Cali. Plus, how do you pass up Stanford? You don't. He's upset, but he... He knew what was coming. I think he was hoping I'd stay. Since he doesn't want to move out there with me, that doesn't leave much chance for us. Well... You have to follow your goals in life. Really? Follow your goals? <laughs> I followed my goal and got kicked to the curb. I remember Jen talking about moving to California. Well, we fought about it. We fought about it a lot. The only reason is I didn't want to leave my job and I didn't want her to leave me. Oh, well, it's late. I better take off. I have an early day tomorrow. When Jen stood, I instinctively did too. Wow, I was really brought back to the days of us leaving. 
leaving together. You taking off too, David? Yeah, I, well, I might as well. I have an early day tomorrow too. That was a lie. I meant to ask you, how is the new position? It's fine. And that's what I left it at. Ethan walked us to the door. Jen and I said our goodbyes and headed toward the parking lot. We walked in silence a few moments before I began to part, heading for my car. David. Oh, shit. Yeah? We didn't get to talk much in there, but I'm happy you're going. Why wouldn't I go? I just thought that maybe you wouldn't want to go because of me. Plus, Ethan said you've been under the weather. I'm just glad you're going. You know, Jen, I'm not going to lie to you, but it helps knowing that Derek won't be there. I figured it would. That's why I told him not to come. I, I don't I thought he had to work. He does. But he could have requested off. I told him not to come because I didn't want our last group camping trip to be awkward. We fought about that for a long time. Jen, really? You didn't have to make any special accommodations for me. Would you really have come if Derek was there? I... I don't know. Exactly. Even though you and I were together for a long time, we've been friends even longer than that. I want this trip to be fun. I want it to be like the times before we started dating. As hard as that might be to recreate. Wow, thanks. I'll see you Friday. She turned towards her car. I was just about to start walking to mine when she turned back around. And David, I agree with Ethan. You should see a doctor. You don't want to feel like shit on this camping trip. Jen, I don't really feel like shit. Well, you look like shit. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. I don't know. I just couldn't help but smile as she got into her car and drove off.
I turned the TV on, which was already stationed on TCM. I watched an old Jack Lemmon film. I wasn't sure which one it was. I was too lazy to reach for that remote again. I chugged the coke and leaned back, sinking into the cushions. Time does not exist in the ocean. Well, it will in the office tomorrow. I commend thee to the deep. Missed. Hours passed, and so did the classic films. Around three, my eyelids began to fall, fluttering gently.
The second floor light came back on, and dark figures stood in the window. went out and instantly came back on. The figure. Gone. Who? Wait, who was that? Brian! Ethan? No answer. The light went out again. I stood in the field waiting for the light to come back on. Who would reappear? of leaves behind me. Someone or something approached. I wanted to turn around, but I feared what I would see. Could it be Brian? Jen? Maybe Seth? Somehow I knew it wasn't any of them. The footsteps were louder. Heavier. Someone. No. Something tall approached. I slowly turned around to see the dark, shadowy figure standing behind me with hollow eyes. David, Julia W.D. Harrison as Jen, Jose Caraballo as Ethan, Kyle Appleyard as Seth, Hope Ennis as Katie, Mike Lenhart as Brian, John Lasbeth as Cooper, and Jennifer Loudermilk as Ashley. Co-starring Ricky Lehner, Matt Deacon, Robert M. Lamb, Christopher Postel, Jack Austin, Nick Engelhardt, Ariel Zadok, and Ashley Cartesano. Music and composition by Jonathan Moss. Additional music provided by bensound.com, incompetech.com, and dmixmusic.com. Don't forget to rate and review Paralyzed on iTunes. has been a Seven Lamb production. This episode is brought to you by St. X, the psychological drama St. X, which is told via multiple timelines and perspectives, explores and upends the girl-gone-missing genre. It's a show about how a young woman's mysterious death during an idyllic Caribbean vacation creates a traumatic ripple effect that eventually pulls her surviving sister into a dangerous pursuit of the truth. St. X, streaming April 26th on Disney+.
And that's this week's show. Please check for Paralysed in our show notes and links at sonicsociety.org and send us a note at Sonic Society or at David Alt on Twitter for your requests for future episodes or indeed just to say hi. Until next week, where we have a heroine with a real different idea being a cut-up. I'm Jack Ward. Mm, that, that doesn't sound much like a comedy. It, it sounds more like a heroine being cut up. That That's the Houses of Parliament, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it, it is, but it's not the Parliament. Oh, right, okay. It sounds so well. <laughs> okay, well, I, I will stand corrected and remain David Alt, no matter what tableau I'm fixed in. So have a lovely day, everyone. Standing corrected or sitting, Indeed, there you go. yes. <laughs> <laughs> The following message is for podcasters only. If you are a listener and not a podcaster, you are permitted to cover your ears and say la 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 for the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. Podcasters, if you create audio drama and or comedy, you are invited to join the brand new Mutual Audio Network. Not only will your productions be showcased in a brand new Netflix-ish type of distribution, but you'll also share in resources from music to sound effects to voices to people saying la 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 la. For details, visit MutualAudioNetwork.com or inquire at MutualAudio at gmail.com. You can stop la-la-ing now. I can't hear you. Got my ears covered. la la